At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. to the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we are back in the suffering booth. We sure are. If you've been listening to the uh, backlog, I guess you know that we were out of it for a time because you didn't hear me complaining about it in every episode. I know that. I apologize. It's like I don't even know what it is about this environment. It feels like my head feels weird when I'm in here. Does that make sense? Are you okay? Is yeah, it no, be it's a fine. Okay. No, we're fine. It's just like a, a different sensation from recording in a live room. The sound quality is much better in here. I know it is. But because it's like an like an acoustically dead environment, like my ears feel weird. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Here's the thing. You I'm know like, the weird ear feeling? Yeah, but I'm like numb to it because I spend so much of my time in here. Oh, all right. We've been desensitized. So I this is where I spend like most of my nights. So I just kind of, not like sleeping I don't sleep in here like upside down from the ceiling like a bat, but like maybe I do. But <laughs> I'm used to being in here recording like audiobook and no sleep stuff. So I just like I I it's my cave. I'm a cave dweller now. Oh, interesting. That's fine. Well, this is the bat cave. It's not anything like that, even a little bit. It's kind of more like an actual bat cave. I mean, I guess. Except that bats, by definition, would not want to hang out in a place that doesn't echo. You do understand this, right? I do. It's the exact opposite of everything a bat would want it's in a, a cave. It's a place where antisocial bats go. It, it's a place where bats who are not interested in ever leaving again go, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, Alex. Hello, welcome back to Bat Hell. <laughs> oh, no. I'm welcome your host. To the Bat Hell podcast. I'm the host, Addison Peacock. Anyway, um, right. we're not even talking about, like, a bat-centric cryptid this week. I just got excited. We, I mean... That's fair. Anyway, the cryptid that we are talking about this week is a really cool one that I was happy to find out about because it's something pretty wildly different, um, but with also, like, it combines sort of all of the elements of, like, a very grandiose mythological folkloric origin story with also some pretty consistent sightings over time, which is mm. interesting to me because usually you don't find those two things in the same place. So would you say it's kind of, it's two great tastes that taste great together? It it's like, is. And that's an incredible way to describe it because we are talking about the Groot slang. What's the Groot slang? The Groot slang. I I'm am, so glad you asked. I am Groot slang. Nothing to do with trees, unfortunately. Oh. Although I, I mean, I will not pretend that did not cross my mind. The Groot slang or so the ready to meet, slang. I'm so ready to meet the sushi burrito of cryptids. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> The poutine pizza of cryptids. I'm just naming things that I think anyway. sound good. All right. Uh, Groot slang. It comes from Groot slang in um, Afrikaans. Mm -hmm. And it is Afrikaans or Dutch for big snake. It's a legendary cryptid that is reputed to dwell in a deep cave in the Richtersveld of South Africa. So it is in a cave. It is in a cave, kind of. We'll get there. Okay. Um, According to legend, the Groot slang is a primordial creature as old as the world itself. <gasps> oh, I like that. 
Tales state that gods, new to the crafting of things, made a terrible mistake in the Grootslang's creation and gave it tremendous strength, cunning, and intellect. So it's like that horrible meme where it's like little cartoon god like pouring things in. He's like, I messed up and like put way too much of something in. He just like made this thing way too badass. When I did that, like when I did it, when... You could put your stuff in Facebook and it would do it mm-hmm. for you. It uh, God spilled too much love of cats on me. <laughs> oh, no. That's valid. <laughs> anyway, they made a terrible mistake. And they made it too strong, too cunning, too smart. Realizing Too fast, too furious. Too fast, too furious. Groot Slang Tokyo Drift. Okay. Realizing their mistake, the gods split the Groot Slang into separate creatures <gasps> and thus created the first elephants and the first snakes. Oh, no. So it's a, it's a snellephant. It's a snellephant or snake elephant. Yep. But one of the original Groot Slangs escaped, and from this first sire, all other Groot Slangs were born. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's the basic, like, origin story brought to you from the new cryptozoology wiki. I'm troubled. It's a lot, and it's going to get even cooler. Do you want to know why? Why? Because it is claimed to devour elephants by luring them into its cave. Oh, my God. And it gets even cooler. Do you want to know what its cave is called? What's its cave called? Its cave is known as the Wonder Hole. <laughs> or the Bottomless Pit. <gasps> Wild. Is it bottomless? <laughs> it, I don't, it's called the Wonder Hole. It's not necessarily bottomless, but supposedly it connects to the sea, which is 40 miles away. So maybe not bottomless, but long. <laughs> 40 miles. It's a large cave. Long. Oh my God. Actually, like, that is. Every progressive sentence I add on to this is going to get more and more nuts. Are you ready for the next part? Yes. I'm just waiting for the beat to drop. Let's go. (laughs) According to local legend, the cave is filled with diamonds. Okay. It is also said to live in warm rivers and lakes. In Benin, it is said to be a huge elephant-like creature with a serpent's tail. How big is its tail? Long. How big is it? Long. We'll get there. So big. Also, according to the tale, Groot Slangs covet gems, particularly diamonds. And despite the creature's lust for cruelty, victims can often bargain for their freedom by offering a Groot Slang enough precious gems. Oh, so just always carry your precious gem collection. So, uh, survival tip, just always keep your pockets full of diamonds. Keep your pockets full of precious gems. Uh, why aren't millennials buying off more Groot Slangs? <laughs> Millennials aren't buying diamonds anymore. I don't why, aren't, why aren't millennials carrying diamonds? Because <laughs> uh, anyway. of all the avocado toast I eat. <laughs> yeah. So the most notorious sort of recollection of or account of the Groot Slang comes to us from Peter Grayson, an English businessman who was searching for treasure in the Richtersfeld in 1917 and disappeared mysteriously after members of his party were attacked and injured by lions, which prompted legends that the Groot Slang had killed him. Does it look like a lion, too, or did they just want something to blame? No, we'll get more into his specific account later, okay. but basically, like, he had a party of people, and he went into the Richter's Belt in South Africa, mm-hmm. and he was, like, looking specifically for the Wonder Hole on account of it was just lousy with diamonds, and... Like, as they went progressively further and further into the forest, like a B-horror movie, like, his party members just kept getting knocked off, um, most notoriously by lions. And then he himself kept going and disappeared forever. And so people are like, it was probably the root slang. I am struggling with the phrase Wonder Hole. It is a lot. I'm struggling. Let's just run down quickly some facts about the Groot Slang. All right, yeah, just kind of rapid fire blast me with information. Yeah, so first things first, freshwater monster of South Africa. Okay. Comes from the Afrikaans for great serpent or large serpent. Um, Afrikaans, incidentally, is a derivative language of Dutch, and I'll get more into that later because I sort of went down this 
I was going to say rabbit hole, but then I wanted to say wonder hole, but then I thought it would trouble Addison immensely, so I'm just going to go back to rabbit hole. But then you still said Went down this linguistic rabbit hole, um, and it's actually really, really interesting. So we'll get back to that. Variant names are the Cayman or the the Kiman or the Kubiang. Mm -hmm. Physical description, uh, length is generally 20 to 39 feet. It is larger than a hippo. So big. With black skin. Head is seven to eight inches wide. Neck, eight to ten feet long. Wait, it's like black so it could like blend into the darkness? I was picturing gray like elephant style. No, no, no. Because it's it's only half elephant. It's also like a large serpent. Yeah, but snake, but a big black snake. Kind of. And it, this is different everywhere you go. Okay. So there are a few different interpretations of the Groot slang. This is like the most basic. Okay. And then there are some regional differences. There are some ways it's been reinterpreted in various media since then. And there are a couple of interesting instances of Groot slang representation that we'll talk about. Amazing. Okay. I am positively flavor blasted with information right now. There is a lot going on. Okay. Gimme, gimme. And then some sightings, which I'll come back to later. So that is your sort of primer on the Groot slang. Okay. I don't know if you were prepared for any of that. But no. it's all kind of wonderful. No, you know, it's all kind of wonderful. It's all kind of wonderful. That reminds me, um, did you ever either get or covet, like me, those, the, do you remember the Wonder Ball? Yes. Okay, so if you're not an American listener, or if maybe you weren't around for this very specific window of time in which this was a thing. Only 90s kids remember. In all seriousness, I don't know. I had, I'm glad you said something, because sometimes that's one of those things that sometimes I think I'm dream, I've dreamed. Oh, totally. It. Like, I, it was born of some sort of childhood dream. So the Wonder Ball was this thing. It was kind of like a kinder surprise, but without toys inside. It just had, like, little, like... Little candies. Little, like, hard yeah. candy kind of things. Like, little, like, kind of like um sweet tarts inside. Mm, yeah. So it was, like, a big like chocolate ball and then when you opened it it had like a sticker yeah and, like, so it some, was hollow and it had like a sticker and some candies inside like a little disney sticker and some like little sweet tart candies inside and i was obsessed with the wonder ball it was good and i i only i've only had like i only had like one before they stopped being a thing because i had all those allergies when i was a kid and i couldn't eat a bunch of stuff and i it was probably one of the most treasured days of my childhood oh man the day i had a wonder ball anyway so the wonder hole it reminds me of the wonder ball but it's also a hole and it's upsetting. It's troubling. So one is a hollow piece of chocolate filled with tiny candies. The other is a cave 40 miles from the sea full of diamonds. So I can see where you would get the connection. No, see, but when you get to the bottom of the cave where it meets the sea, you will find a bunch of sweet tarts and a sticker with Buzz Lightyear on it. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Uh, you thank you for bringing on... this information to the yeah, podcast stick that because on your, I didn't uh, have that in any of my sources. Stick that on your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. Be the coolest kid in fourth grade. Thank God. All right. Uh, were, you a, were you like a, a spotted leopard girl or were you a unicorn girl? I was a dolphin girl. Oh, you were into the dolphins. I liked the dolphins. I liked the leopard cubs. The rainbow oh, leopard cubs. True. That was like my Lisa Frank Patronus. Yeah. I was very into the dolphins. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And then I got older and found out that dolphins are in a lot of ways terrible. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> All right. Go so, back to the Encantado episode if you want to learn how terrible dolphins yeah, are. Yeah, right. All right. So Listverse has an article called 10 Lake Monsters That Aren't Just Nessie Ripoffs. <laughs> Which is kind of nice, and I, I think you can see how this would attract my attention. Absolutely. But one of those is, in fact, the Groot Slang. It's a lake monster? Uh, yeah, because it is connected to, like, the rivers and lakes, Got and it. the, its cave is adjacent. Uh, like, I'll just go ahead and read it for you. Like something out of a B-movie, the Groot Slang is a serpent with the head of an elephant that slithers through darkest Africa. This is not exactly a lake monster, because it's said to live primarily in the Wonder Hole, a sea cave that stretches uh, 65 kilometers inland, as well as in some of the lakes and rivers surrounding it. And then here is a really interesting sentence. The Groot slang is a natural enemy of child slavery as it automatically protects the diamond-stuffed wonder hole from greedy human hands and eyes. 
Do I need to read that again so you can parse it? No, because it I, took me a few I times. I heard it. It just, the Groot Slang doesn't want blood diamonds. The That's Groot all. Slang wants all of the diamonds it already has. It's just yeah. like, here's the thing about the Groot Slang. The Groot Slang is not like an ethical high ground, right? Yeah. The Groot Slang is not saying child slavery is morally wrong. The Groot Slang is saying, you ain't getting at my diamonds. Don't bring your the children in to mine my diamonds with their tiny hands. Yeah, yeah it's no. like the enemy of my enemy kind of thing. But yeah. it's not like the Groot Slang is the more moral option It's not like here. when you're trying to bargain for your life and you pull a diamond out of your pocket, it's going to say, is that an ethically sourced diamond? Yeah, I'm sorry. I only take fur trade diamonds here in the Wonder Hole. In all seriousness, like, don't buy blood diamonds. But anyway, the Groot Slang doesn't care right. because it's a moral, huh? yeah, moral paragon or anything. The danger of the Wonder Hole may be intrinsic to the nature of any oversized sea cave lined with raw diamonds, but the legend has been kept wow. alive by disappearances of and attacks on explorers in the area. Other stories of the Groot slang might be exaggerated sightings of pythons and monitor lizards. This seems to be especially plausible because the birth of this legend coincides with white Afrikaners doing their best to survive in quote-unquote untamed lands populated by animals that had previously seemed unimaginable. So here's where I'm going to get into just a little bit of history lesson for you the and Groot's, geography. The Groot slang is an enemy of colonialism. Uh, I hope so. Anyway, so... Uh, I mentioned earlier about Afrikaans being the language that this name comes from, and thereby sort of the language that I think we can discern this cryptid has its origin stories in, its origin sightings in, if you will. So there are a couple of ways to interpret this, and if we're looking at it strictly from a historical and geographical perspective of, like, where do the stories of this things come from, it's interesting to look at it through the lens of, like, these white people didn't know what Africa was, and when they yeah. came here, they were quite confused and alarmed. Um, so Afrikaans is a language that comes from Dutch, and if you're not familiar with historically what Dutch people were doing in Africa, it has to do with the East India Trading Company that settled in Cape Town. So if you've ever met anybody from South Africa, mean girl style, you might be like, well, why are you white? And it's like, that's because actually a large portion of South Africa is populated by people who are descended from these white traders. So Cape Town in South Africa became a settling point for the East India Trading Company and a place that they... Thank you. I talk with my hands. Um, a place that Sorry. they colonialized and used as a stopping point on their trade journeys as they were going sort of around the the coastal tip of Africa, and bringing trades and goods and, unfortunately, human beings from place to place. This meant that a lot of Dutch individuals or people of Germanic descent with similar language families settled in the area. And it means that that language became sort of the language that they handed down to people coming after them. So what you ended up with was you ended up with this dialect of Dutch that sort of mingled a little bit in Creole fashion with the other languages that were already there. Today, Afrikaans has 7.1 million native speakers. 6.5 or 6.85 million of those are in South Africa, which is 13.5% of the population of South Africa. It's the native language of 61% of white South Africans and of a much smaller percentage of other demographic groups in South Africa. Uh, it is there are 10 to 15 million speakers of Afrikaans in South Africa for whom it's their second language. So wow. that's a little bit of a breakdown for you. It's a prominent language down there, but more specifically with white people. Right. Which tells you, I think, that this language and thereby the things that are being shared because of it and through it are primarily a colonial tradition. So I don't want to separate the story from that aspect of it because I think it's important to note yeah. that the people who 
saw it and spotted it and the people who have like gone missing in search of it stupidly as anybody in horror movies can tell you is like the idiot white people who are going down there and are like let's mm-hmm. go look for this giant monster with a cave full of diamonds <laughs> yep i'm losing my mind because it's reminding me just like of um any like villain that you're not sad to see go in a yeah, explorer right. movie oh no please don't go to the diamond cave it's like how i feel about the nazis opening the ark of the covenant in indiana jones yeah right it's like oh no don't all right open so it. here's another article for you coming to you from very bizarre stories.wordpress.com very bizarre this is the groot slang guardian of the treasure which sounds like a name for a movie pitch from like the asylum which I'm i into love it. Somewhere in the Richtersveld, an area of scrubland in the middle of South Africa, is a deep cave that is crammed with diamonds, according to legend. However, inside the cavern dulls a legendary cryptid known as the Groot Slang. The Great Snake of the Orange River is a fearsome 40-foot-long serpent with enormous gems in its eye sockets. <gasps> and that's a, that's a take I haven't seen anywhere else. That's Gem cool. eyes. It was thought to be a primordial creature as old as the world itself. Various tales state that the gods, who were new to the art of creation, made a terrible mistake in the Groot Slang's creation and unknowingly gave it incredible strength, cunning, and intellect. Realizing the seriousness of their mistake, the gods split the Groot Slang into separate creatures and thus created the first elephants and the first snakes. So there are sort of two interpretations of this thing visually. There are interpretations of it that look very much like an elephant. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, or an elephant-like creature, usually with a slightly longer neck and a very long serpentine tail, sometimes spined, sometimes not. I've seen mm-hmm. some depictions of the Groot Slang that have it with extra tusks, usually like four tusks protruding from it, and they're sort of sometimes like dripping, like you would imagine serpent fangs to Ooh. be, which is interesting. But other times they're just it's just a large elephant dripping with, with, a, with venom, a tail. or just dripping with drippings. Just drippings, you know, just like Groot's Lang juice. <laughs> oh. Do you ever think that maybe the, the, the cave is full of diamonds thing is a rumor that the Groot's Lang started so people would keep coming to its cave? Maybe. The other interpretation and the one that I kind of like better, and not better, I just think it's generally more interesting to wrap your head around, is mm-hmm. one that looks very much more like a giant serpent. And the head is sort of elephantine in nature. <sighs> oh. Yeah, it's wild. So in this particular picture... It's kind of interesting because the head of this giant serpent looks like an elephant in the same way that, like, butterfly wings look like owl eyes. It's very much a deceptive sort of evolutionary trait. So the fangs that are coming down off of this thing look like elephant tusks protruding down. And what would be the elephant's snout is sort of an appendage. So you could see how if this thing had its mouth closed it would look very much like an elephant sort of hanging out in the woods and then you would wander up to it like oh hey an elephant and it's very much like a 30 foot long serpent that's actually terrifying it is horrifying yeah i love that and it's interesting too and one of the reasons i love that interpretation so much is because it says this thing lures elephants into its cave and devours them (gasps) and i feel like it would be a lot easier to do that if you had some way of looking Mm. like a benign elephant you oh, know no this okay see here's the thing now i'm upset because this was like a funny like b horror movie for humans for me for a second and now it's an actual horror film for elephants elephants is- are literally the purest animal in the universe and can do no wrong and so it's upsetting that the groot slang would act in this way this isn't an elephant-based horror film like a horror film about elephants this is a horror film for elephants mm-hmm. like 
That is a plot you Buy would write to scare people. Elephants. That was a plot you'd write to scare people, like something pretending to be a friendly person to lure you into a cave and eat you. And then it's for elephants. It's they think it's a friend. God, yeah. This is the story elephant grandpas tell to their little elephant grandchildren. I'm really upset. Did you know elephants can cry? Did you know that they grieve? They do. It's really sad. Actually, though, my favorite elephant thing is there's footage from a zoo somewhere of an elephant after hours picking up the litter that people left in the zoo and placing it in the trash can. And I think that's really wonderful. I'm crying. Yeah. Nobody trained it to do that. It was just like after hours footage. Somebody was like going through the security tapes and like, here's an elephant doing your job. And it was doesn't make for great audio, but I'm actually crying. She is weeping. It's fine. Guides are reluctant to take expeditions into the cavern, also known as, again, the Wonder Hole, or Bottomless Pit. I hate it! It's real bad. Only one tough prospector is said to have tried to explore the unexplored. Local tribes say that the cave is connected to the sea 40 miles away. He used a winch and cable to reach a ledge far below the cave. Tunnels led off the ledge, and there was a strong smell of sulfur. He dropped his electric torch when bats flew in his face, and he was hauled back to the surface. He never tried again. <laughs> Various reports of sightings have occasionally appeared in South African newspapers. Witnesses confirmed the creature's length as 40 feet and a tell of three feet wide tracks in the muddy banks of the Orange River. That's so big. A party of prospectors once followed the track for miles before it finally vanished into the river. The Groot Slang is believed to inhabit warm rivers and lakes. Natives say that it is a spirit snake, and anyone who encounters it is overcome by a sense of evil. What does a spirit snake mean? Like it's a... I think literally just a snake like that a is ghost? a spirit. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that might be terminology just a supernatural for some sort snake. of... Yeah. No. Okay. So context clues wouldn't have steered me wrong there. Good no, to know. No, I think you're pretty good. Does a giant snake indeed live in the Orange River country? Or could it have been a python? Although it is fairly unlikely that these reptiles might attain a length of 40 feet, it is not impossible. Medusa, a reticulated python, was recorded as the longest snake in captivity and clocked in at 25 feet, 2 inches long, in its official world record measurement on October 12, 2011. She's beautiful. She is large, and I love her. She's beautiful. Yep. I should specify, too, that, like, I'm reacting to this thing with revulsion that actually surprises me because... I know a lot of people are afraid of snakes, but I actually do really love them. I used to always want a pet snake, and my first ever email address was snakegal at wave2net.com. It's not an email address I use anymore, so no one's going to, there's nothing to hack. I was 10. You can hack it and see my Neopets emails if you want. <laughs> but I love snakes. So the fact that I'm now afraid of a snake is really, it's a weird journey to go on. I'm not. To be fair, I think you'd also be afraid of a 30-foot anything if it told you it was going to lure you into its diamond hell. (laughs) Hi, kids. Welcome to diamond hell. Uh, Long pythons have been shot in the area, and one of these, if seen at close quarters, would be sufficiently alarming to make exaggeration understandable. Besides, the Groot slang is believed by many to be half-elephant and half-serpent. Natives maintain that there is only one Groot slang. It's so big. Except no imitations. There's only... Look. Beware of false prophets. There is only the one true Groot slang. Only the one. Praise him. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is Snake Gal coming at you with the good word of the Groot slang. I'm not trying to start a cult. Please ignore that. <laughs> you know, we don't try to do a lot of things. <laughs> Impact is greater than intent. Is anyone, was anyone trying to start a cult? Yes. The answer is yes. Many people, yes. That is usually the intention behind cults. They don't just spring up organically out of the new loam. <laughs> oh. Did you know loam is the most troubling word you can use for dirt? 
It's, well, it's not just I know it's not dirt. just dirt. I know it's not just okay, dirt. Okay, thank you. I know it's not in a perfect synonym, but but you know what I mean. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Mm. Anyway. I know the difference between soil and loam and dirt. Okay, I'm good. I'm glad. I got really into earth science in high school for like a hot second. Uh, and so I have all this knowledge rattling around in my brain. We'll talk about the types of rocks now. We don't have to. <laughs> okay. We can save that for off mic. It will happen, but... Girl, you got so many layers. You're like... You want to hear about synclines and anticlines, folks? You want to hear about the Precambrian era? Anyway. Oh, I was just going to say that. Girl, you got so many layers. You like sedimentary rock. That's a nice rock. Don't take it for granite. Oh, no. Nice, like G-N-E-I-S-S. That's even better. Yeah. I, All right, anyway, no that. one asked for this. And nobody asked for this. So nobody tell me, asked. tell me more about my special guy and how he shines bright like a diamond. I will. But first, I'm going to tell you about Peter Grayson. Mm. Who's Peter Grayson? Peter Grayson is the British businessman who disappeared oh, the guy in from pursuit of the Groot's line. The guy whose uh, friends were eaten yep. by lions. Yeah, exactly. That guy. Okay. That boy. The lion-eating boy. I mean, he, he was not eaten by lions. And he didn't eat lions either. This is an article... From the Augusta Chronicle, originally published on September 20th of 1998. All right. Disappearances Feed Groot Slang Legend by Columnist. Is that it? Like a newspaper columnist. There's no yeah, name? that's it. All no, right, that. cool. Peter Grayson had diamonds on the brain. For years, the Oxford-educated English businessman had trained himself to find the legendary treasure of the Richtersveld in South Africa. It was there, legend had it, that a cavern filled with diamonds awaited the bold adventurer. The only problem was, the cavern was supposedly guarded by Groot Slang, a fearsome 40-foot-long serpent with enormous gems in its eye sockets. But Mr. Grayson was not about to let an old legend stand in his way of becoming a wealthy man. I am determined to return to England as a very rich man or a dead man, he reportedly said, oh before God. setting sail with six companions in the summer of 1917. Before leaving, he read hundreds of old maps and diaries from prospectors. He studied African languages and familiarized himself with the customs, legends, and superstitions of that part of the continent. His destination was the Orange River Territory, a harsh scrubland populated by poor natives and wild animals. The first night in camp, a lion killed one member of the expedition and seriously injured a second. A few days later, a third companion died of either a poisonous insect bite or snake bite. A fourth man became sick and begged to be taken back to civilization. That left only Mr. Grayson, since the two remaining members of the expedition volunteered to take the sick and wounded men to the nearest village for medical treatment. I can do this on my own, he boasted to the guides before they left him alone in the wilderness. Famous last words. That was the last time Mr. Grayson was seen or heard from. Oh, no! When a rescue party returned a week later, they found the camp deserted and no sign of the Englishman. The Richtersveld had claimed another victim. Damn. Some say it was the Grootslang that killed the hapless adventurer. Native guides pointed out that only a fool would venture into the region alone. Even today, guides are reluctant to take expeditions to the cavern, which is known as the Wonder Hole or Bottomless Pit. Only one man, a tough prospector named Travis, is said to have tried to explore the hole and lived. Do we know his last name? No, it's just Travis. Just Travis? <laughs> it's literally just Travis. Like Madonna or Barbarino, just Travis? Yeah, he, in prospector circles, he's just known as Travis. Was it? Or maybe, perhaps, perhaps this was all a wild confusion and his name is in fact Prospector Travis. Oh, Prospector, Prospector Travis. 
Yep. No, no, no. He's not a prospector. His name His is name Prospector is... Travis. There was a man. I'll have to look at the information for you. But there was a there was a man I learned about when I was studying, like reading a thing about medical history. There was a mm-hmm. man who's who was named Doctor by his parents. That was his first oh, name because no. they so desperately wanted him to become a doctor. Yikes. So I'm just saying, what if people? Did and that I with... think parents nowadays put pressure yeah. on their kids. What if people did that with other professions? Like, what if you just met someone and they were named like electrician? Millennials think they have it so hard. Back in my day, we named our children certain professions. We named our children after the job we hoped they'd have someday. Yikes! Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Lawyer Jones. All right, All so right. let's get back anyway. to Prospector Travis. Lawyer is a great name, though. Better than a profession. A oh my. Uh. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> And I will have a no defense on account of I hate lawyers. <laughs> and they hate you right back. They okay. sure do. What's happening? Okay. According to one account, Travis dropped his flashlight into the pit while descending and had to crawl his way back out through pitch darkness. Ooh. One version holds that he was attacked by the Groot Slang but survived by playing dead. Some travelers claim to have seen the Groot Slang. One man told a South African newspaper that he sighted such a beast once, describing it as a monstrous snake more than 50 feet long. Another said that he saw two such creatures, but that he killed one with his high-powered rifle. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, we believe you. Yeah, and then Angelina Jolie came out and said, you're my hero, and they kissed, and then she gave him $3 million. I wasn't going to say it was your fan fiction, Addison, but... <laughs> oh, rude. <laughs> Other witnesses confirm the beast's length as 40 to 50 feet long and tell of three-foot-wide tracks along the Orange River. Prospectors once followed the track for miles before it disappeared into the river. Natives say the Groot Slang is a spirit snake whose job is to guard the cavern from treasure hunters. Anyone unlucky enough to encounter the creature is instantly overcome by a sense of evil, according to Dr. Gunter Beck, a wildlife official in the Richtersveld region. So, has it always lived in the Diamond Cave ever since it's existed? I believe... So I believe that is the common sort of concept. Mm-hmm. What what I'm a little confused about is if the gods like split it into pieces to like mm-hmm. make these other animals. Why does how does it still exist? I know this makes me sound a little bit. If we came from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? Oh but- no 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 no. Sorry, I I thought I went over that. It um. There were many Groot Slangs originally. Oh, there's just the one left. There's the one that escaped. Last of yeah. its kind. I yes. think you might have said that, and my brain just sort of glossed over. No, it's it. totally fine. Ah. Uh-huh. No, I'm kind of sad about it. So it's either, yeah, okay, well, th- apparently it's local belief that there's only one Groot Slang, so I guess it would be just the one that escaped. Last of his kind. Um, there are other interpretations that say that, like, one or a couple escaped and have then brought forth other Groot Slangs into the world. So mm-hmm. it, it could be a lineage of Groot Slang, or it could, Groot Slang? Groot Slangs? I don't know what the plural is. Groot Slang. Like, Groot de Sack. Groot Slang. For attorneys general. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah, Groot slang. slang. Groot slang? Groot slang. Groot. It's hard to say. Groot slang. Groot slang. Anyway. Yeah, so there's either one original Groot slang or uh, the OG, the original Groot slang, or there have been oh, no. many since then. There's like a long line of Groot slangs. Yes. Almost as long as their long, long, a horrible twisty tail. Exactly. Um, yes. These aren't even danger noodles anymore. They're like danger baguettes. I don't know what you think a baguette is, but yes. It's like a big, thick noodle. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? Um, What's in a noodle, Alex? Flour. Eggs. Water. (laughs) What's in a baguette? 
Do, do all carbohydrates look the same Flour, to you? Flour, eggs, water. Tell me what's different between bread and pasta. What's the difference? Tell do, me what's different. Uh, one's a floppy boy, <laughs> and one gets all crunchy. You can have floppy boy breads and, and crunchy boy noodles, so I want... Tell me again. France. <laughs> France is the difference. Um, They have bread in other places. Try again. Which kind of wine you would serve with them? Wrong. Don't tell me I'm wrong on this one. <laughs> you come into my house. But you serve different wines with different types of pastas and breads. Yeah, which you just acknowledged are all unique and individual things. I rest my case, Your Honor. No, they're just all branches of the same. You just got attorneyed. Do you think, uh, do you think, do you think you could have a TV show called, like, Attorneys in general, and it was, like, about an attorney general? Hey, can I maybe tell you more about the group slang? <laughs> yeah. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, I guess. Okay. So speaking of TV shows... There are actually a surprising number of places the Groot slang has appeared, but one of them was a, uh, I think it's a, a Disney show, which I didn't know about, called The Secret Saturdays. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Cartoon Network, not Disney. It's but an, I've heard of The Secret Saturdays. Yeah. It's an American animated television series created by Canadian cartoonist Jay Stevens for Cartoon Network. It debuted on October 3rd, 2008. And it follows the adventures of the Saturdays, a family of cryptozoologists that work to keep the truth about cryptos from getting out. Yeah, I never knew about this. We need to watch this. We kind of apparently very much do. In any case, there is an episode or two episodes, I think, that feature the Groot slang. That's amazing. You know, I'm really glad to hear that because honestly, I'm not sure how to talk to my kids about monsters. And it's nice to know there's a television show out there that will do it for me. Yeah, I'm really glad to know that there is a show that is broaching that subject with impressionable young listeners. Yeah, I just, it's like, I know every, I keep asking it, and every parent I know, because, you know, I'm a parent, every other parent I know keeps asking me, like, how do I talk to my kids about cryptids? And I keep saying, you know, I just don't know. It's just such a, it's just just a hard conversation, and they don't teach it in schools. You know they don't teach it in public schools. So. Oh, definitely not, no. It's just so nice to know that there's a television show out there that's willing to put, uh, to tell the truth about monsters to kids who, in a way that they can understand and accept. On the TV show The Secret Saturdays, the Groot slang is depicted as a uh, an large elephant with four tusks, horns, and a spiked tail. It's actually green in appearance. And while in the legend it's similar to a large serpent, in this show it's very much just an elephant with a long serpentine tail. That just looks like a really mad elephant. It's like if Beast Boy were a very angry elephant. Yeah. Yeah. Just... It's got like ram horns kind of and then also four tusks. And Spiky. And angry looking eyes. It, it is not very friendly, boy. No. <laughs> Do not pet the boy. Uh, it's interesting to note that one of the uh, the interpretation of the Groot slang that this show's interpretation is based on is specific to the country or region of Dahomey, which I did not know anything about. But when I looked up that country, uh, apparently their flag is an elephant, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. Yep. Which, like, doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, it's in Africa, so, like, naturally, yes, elephants are going to be a thing. But it was interesting because in that particular area, the interpretation is much more the elephant with serpent attributes mm-hmm. as opposed to the uh, the the local interpretation in other areas of South Africa where it is serpent with elephant qualities. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's cool. It's like this elephant-centric country. Is- or perhaps maybe it's like a, a method of subtle disclosure, a little here be Groot slangs. Possibly. It's possibly. definitely not. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. I don't know. The one thing that I do love, and this is from directly from the Secret Saturdays wiki. Oh, man. Okay. In case you were wondering. Um, where it's talking about where it lives in the Wonder Hole. And it says, according to local legend, the cave is filled with diamonds. So he may be the guardian of the diamonds. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's like a delightful leap of logic for me. He might. He might be about the diamonds, guys. I think, I don't know if he's the guardian of the diamonds. Question. Answer. No, not that. I don't need a picture of him yelling. No, my question is, were the diamonds already in the cave before he got to the cave, or are they his diamonds? Because you said he hoards jewels. He does, in fact, covet jewels. I think Did he bring the diamonds to the cave and hang them on the wall like trophies so he could look at them? I don't think so. I think it's probably more like when he was fleeing the anger of the gods who seeked to split him in twain. He found a hiding place that was full of diamonds. And either because he saw diamonds, he like went in there and found the cave. Or maybe because he went into the cave full of diamonds and that was like where he hid out for who knows how long, he became to convince himself that diamonds were his only friends. Diamonds are Groot Slank's best friend. And now he just wants more of them because they're the only thing that seemed to fill the gaping loneliness in his soul from having been abandoned by the gods all those many, many long millennia ago. Square shut, square shut, square cut or pear shape. Those rocks don't lose their shape. Diamonds are a Groot Slank's friend. Yeah, can't wait to hear that cover. Side note, follow-up question. Yes. Does he ever shine a light on the walls of the cave and then, like, let the refraction dance around like a disco ball and have a party? Um, None of my sources covered that, but I feel comfortable saying absolutely hell yes. Thank you. That is definitely a thing that happens. Does he wear a beautiful, beautiful gown like Marilyn Monroe in Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend? I don't know about that necessarily. I can tell you that a Groot Slang was also featured in Volume 3 of Lumberjanes. <gasps> Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I got excited. I've only read the first volume, but I love Lumberjanes. I think there is no better concept in this world than Lumberjanes. I love Lumberjanes. Oh, that makes me so excited. Yep, Volume 3. Apparently, it's depicted in that series as being some sort of massive creature that's creating a snowstorm around the area. So I haven't seen indications of that power in any other instance it, of the Groot slang? Is it snow or is it tiny powdered diamonds? It's definitely diamond dust. Diamond Don't dust. Don't breathe this. Don't. Did you ever watch those old Blendtec videos? They're wild. I don't They're know what that is. Wild. There's a whole YouTube channel advertising the Blendtec blender. Oh. And all of these videos are like heralding how impressive it is by just this guy who I think is straight up the inventor uh, wearing a lab coat and goggles and... Just sticking random stuff in the blender and proving that this blender can break down anything. Like, there's one where he blends an iPhone and it turns into iPhone dust. There's one where he blends, like, Were these the videos that are dolls? just called Will It Blend? Or was yeah, that... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Will It Blend. They're amazing. I used to have those recommended to me on YouTube. I'll tell you what I did watch the other day. I watched someone put a hot knife in a paper shredder. Oh, that's a lot. The shredder videos are interesting. But Blendtec is great because the guy, no matter what, like, he always just has a sort of... A blissful look on his face like he's living his best life blending things don't get me wrong but he always like blends something up and then takes a little off and goes don't breathe this and then like shows it to you it's great that's the american dream it's not awesome. breathing in the dust of a blended iphone yeah let me just run down some Groot slang sightings with you please and yes then, i would love to hear some sightings. Uh, then we can wrap up amazing so about 1867 hans Saar saw a large black snake in the orange river near aliwal north in the eastern cape province in 1899, merchant G.A. Kinnear was crossing the Orange River near 
um, Uppington of the Northern Cape Province when he saw the head of a monstrous serpent emerge from the water. About eight to ten feet of head and neck were visible. What? Yeah. How much of it was head? Eight to ten feet of it. No, no, no. Head and neck. So which? Oh, I'm not sure. It's like I a serpent. I need to know how big its so head is. I don't know what to tell you. How big are those beautiful gem eyes? Do you think they're actually gemstones or it's like when fan fiction writers don't know how else to talk about green eyes that they just call them emeralds? <laughs> yeah, he just has beautiful, beautiful eyes and they just didn't know any other way to describe it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I know exactly okay. what you're talking about, yes. And they sometimes don't even say emerald eyes. They just say like two perfect two emeralds. Two glistening sapphires. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes they call them orbs. Maybe his <laughs> eyes are vestigial because he's been in that cave so long and so he replaced them with diamonds. Oh. Body mods. Yeah. Beautiful. In 1910, Frederick C. Cornell was camping about 20 miles from Algrabisval in the northern Cape province with two companions, one an American named Kammerer, who was bathing in a pool nearby. Suddenly, Kammerer came back shouting and said that a great wave had come up behind him and that a head with massive jaws belonging to a giant snake had arisen 12 feet in the air. This is why I don't like to go in water. Sorry. I mean, I think a swimming pool is safe. I think mm. it's more or less a river in the middle of the Richtersveld that's going to be a problem for you. But I don't like to go in lakes. Safe. I don't like to go in rivers. You generally don't like leaving your house. I like to leave my house and go to coffee shops. <laughs> in May 1920, at the confluence of the Great Fish and Orange Rivers, Frederick C. Cornell and others in his party saw the head and neck of a large snake swimming in the water. Which is weird because that's the same name of the guy from 1910. So I don't know if this guy went back 10 years later and was like, again, or what. But <laughs> Or it's just a common name, like when everyone was naming their girl, their daughters Brittany. Maybe. Maybe this was Frederick Cornell, son of Frederick Cornell. <laughs> like uh, Gary Coleman named uh, all of, or not Gary, yeah. not Yeah, I think it was Gary Coleman who named all his kids Gary, am I right? I, I have no idea. No, not Gary Coleman. It was um, the, uh, who made the grill? The panini press thing. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever. <laughs> okay. George yeah. Foreman. George Foreman. He named all his he named all his kids George. Amazing. Anyway. John Clift saw a twenty foot crocodilian emerge from the bri- from the big hole, an abandoned mine crater near Kimberley of the Northern Cape Province in November of nineteen forty seven. In November 1963, newspapers started reporting various encounters with a water monster in the Valdem of the Free State province. Most of the reports were vague. Stanley Jacob and his father, David, watched a monster surface 110 yards from their boat near Orangeville on February 16, 1964. At first, it looked like a swimming horse. What? They went to fetch a gun, then returned. The animal had grayish-brown skin, smoother than a hippo's. They were going to shoot a horse in the water? Yes. Why? He's just taking a swim. Okay. Spooky water horse. Yeah. Why would you antagonize that? I don't understand. I don't understand the instinct in that situation specifically. If it weren't for the swimming horse part, I'd be sort of on board. If they were like, it looked like a big snake, we got the gun. It's just, it looked like a horse. At first, it looked like a horse. I think the implication is they saw a monster. At first, they were like, is that a horse? And then it like continued moving out of the water. And And they're they're like, like, ah, no, it's Godzilla. And then they like went and got their thing. Yeah. They probably didn't say, oh, no, it's Godzilla since what year was that? That is straight up what they said. Don't at me. I'm not telling you the year again. <laughs> it was before Godzilla, I bet. Stop. Okay. So that's the Groot slang. Mm. How do you feel about it? I think I am Groot slang. You are Groot slang in a way. I think We are Groot slang. We are all Groot slang. Yeah. So uh, survival tips. Yeah. 
maybe don't try to go hunting in diamond caves that everybody tells you not to go hunting in. Or if you do, then uh, just remember this handy acronym ABCD or always be carrying diamonds. Here's the thing about that. If you already have enough diamonds to fill your pockets with diamonds in case a monster demands them from you in return for your life, you probably don't care about hunting for diamonds in a cave or you have enough money to pay someone to do it for you. You know, you got to spend a little to gain a lot. (laughs) You could probably pay someone to go for you. No. Just ABCD. Always be carrying diamonds. Always be carrying diamonds. Yep. That's why millennials aren't buying diamonds anymore, because all these explorers have bought out the market so they can carry diamonds all of in their pockets. The yes, yeah. so they can carry them in their pockets. I think that um, a cool thing that needs to come into fashion is referring to diamonds by the slang term of Groot Slang eyes. I like that. But like, ah, oh, that's a shiny Groot Slang eye you got there. Does the Groot Slang know that diamonds only have market value because uh, their value was deliberately manipulated by the people who like own the majority of Diamonds, like, does the Gritzling know that their economic value is artificially, like, boosted? Probably. Why do you think he hoards them? Ah, but does he know that? To drive up the value of the diamonds that he already possesses. But that bubble's going to burst, and then the Gritzling's not going to be able to get a mortgage. Like, millions of colonialists before him, or I guess after him, since the Gritzling is literally as old as the world. I was going to say, can he really colonize a place that he Uh, was around when they made? No, I was just going to imply that, like, he is also a capitalist baron. Oh, that's true. Oh, you're so right. Not really imply. I, I straight up just yeah, said didn't the really words. Yeah, you did really imply it. You just said barren. the words. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The Groot Sling represents a lot of things that are truly scary, like greed and falsely driving up the value of a product no one needs. And maybe those were the real monster all along. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Alex, we've <laughs> talked about this. You can't just keep saying things are TED Talks. That's not how you get a TED Talk. <laughs> well, it's worked so far because I've had like seven. <laughs> No, I already told you that to get a TED Talk, you have to be named Ted. That's why the Man, only if person only. who's ever done a TED Talk is Ted Danson. Did Ted Danson really do a TED Talk? No. Oh, darn. You got my hopes up He's for the second. only one who's ever done one. You can't just promise me Ted Danson content and then not deliver. Uh, anyway, that's an argument we can have off the There's air. There's plenty of Ted Danson content Do out we have any announcements soon. for the people at home? Yes. You talk. I have to pull up. I always forget that this is a thing. I have, that thing that's coming. You know, I don't have to talk. You can just cut out the dead time. I know, but I feel bad <laughs> for for the audience or for you, everyone, everyone, everyone involved. <laughs> Sing a song. What song? Piano Man. Oh no. I love Billy Joel so much. You're going to make me cry. Um, I cried the other day in the shower because I turned on my Spotify daily mix and the first song was Vienna by Billy Joel. Oh, Which no. is not a sad song. It just makes me cry. Sorry. It's okay. I just feel, like, very seen by the song Vienna by Billy Joel. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's nice. It's a nice song. It's like a good ballad about what it means to be someone who frequently loses yourself in your work and your need to accomplish things. Yes, I would like to thank... I would like to thank Ben Mahan, M-A-H-O-N, and I would like to thank... This is a cool name. I would like to thank Shade Kogan for becoming donors of the $20 tier. You sure M-A-H-O-N isn't like Mahone? Is it Mahone? It might be Mahone. I don't know. Ben. Ben M. M, you know who you are, and and who you are is great. I'd like to thank you both for becoming donors of the $20 tier uh, on our Patreon. I would like to thank all of our Patreon donors, uh, and thank you for coming along with us on the journey of a horror borealis, which Alex has been yeah, thank you. driving along like an absolute champion. And if you would like to hear our uh, fun Monster of the Week campaign being uh, GM'd by uh, 
the esteemed Alex Flanagan right here, then you can become a Patreon at any level. It's there for any one of you. And then uh, at various levels, we have all kinds of things. We have bonus content, um, ex- donor-exclusive sticker, and a place to vote on potential cryptids and just, you know, feel like you're part of a cool club. Yeah, sometimes we do movie nights. Sometimes there's, like, blooper reels or whatever where you hear all oh, the yeah. stuff that we talk about when Addison says, uh, talk while I look at my iPad. And then yeah. I talk and you don't ever hear it. It doesn't see the light of day. You can hear all of that. It's where we put uh, all our secrets. All of our secret sins. Because everything has a price. <laughs> right. And as previously mentioned, there is a horror borealis, which, if you don't know, is sort of our pet project right now. It's a, an actual play Monster of the Week campaign that we're doing. It's set sort of in the format of an, a 90s era monster hunting TV show about the supernatural. It takes place in the fictional town of Revenant, Alaska, so up near the Arctic Circle. And, you know, there's like crazy creatures all the time. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, the theme music is kick in and it's just a fun adventure every time we play and that is available to patreon donors of any tier any donation level so no matter what you have to give if you have anything at all you can access that audio currently there are two episodes up with another one going up um the day after this episode was released so yep and that is what is up and i don't have anything else if you don't nope amazing so um as always our music is by andrew giada haven't plugged our socials in a hot minute so um reminder that you can find us on twitter at crypt pod that's c-r-y-p-t-k-e-e-p-p-o-d we are the same uh that is also our email if you want to contact us with a sighting you've had because we are going to eventually do another listener story episode in the future if you have a story or just a question or you want to just reach out and Say hi. Uh, you can contact us at cryptkeeppod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook under the Cryptid Keeper. That's also where you can find our Facebook group, which is the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group. It is a fun little space to talk about the show, talk about folklore, cryptids, any kind of related content. It's a fun space um, full of cool people. Join it today. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Mm-hmm.